DJ Event Planner will change the way you manage and run your business. Streamline all of your procedures and software into one easy-to-manage system. DJ Event Planner, the ultimate online planning tool. Tonight's DJ and TV show is sponsored in part by Electro Voice, DJ Event Planner, ADJ, NLFX Professional, Promo Only, and DJ and TV Insiders. JN TV Live with your host Brian S. Red. All right, it is time for us to talk to those of you out there who are having kind of a exciting evening, and you thought, "Hey, I'm just going to bring it down a notch with Brian and John." Hello, everybody. So that's our that's our show for tonight. Bringing it down. Good night. <laughs> it's a short show too. Ah, so before we came on, we were talking cars and fun and all those these different parts of life that kind of get in the way of our our DJ and performing and and looking at gear and playing with gear because you know that's kind of the way it is. I think we need distractions, though. I really do. <laughs> I, I, I and this is the truth. I think if we're just hyper focused on one thing for too long, we almost get too close to it. And when we're too close to something. Uh, oftentimes I find personally that I start losing perspective. Whenever I talk to anybody who I would consider like really smart and, and, and uh, innovative and successful, whenever they tell me about an innovation that they had or an epiphany they had, it was never while they were sitting at their desk cramming away nope. at whatever the task at hand was supposed to be. It was when they were at a bar talking to a guy or when they were at a party or when they were watching a movie or when they were on vacation with their family or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for perseverance and dedication, but I think when we're too close to it all the time, we get tunnel vision and, and we can't see the forest for the trees. So got to get out do something else once in a while. I think it's important. And probably one of my favorite things that I like to do is, is just to go mow the lawn. Cause I spend more time while mowing, mowing the lawn in thought about whatever, you know, just, and then all of a sudden just tomorrow's distracting or yeah, tomorrow's distracting news is going to be an example of that. There's a, a diff, different section that's in there. And that came, you know, the idea for that, it's like, Hmm, we could do this. And that came while out mowing the lawn one, uh, one evening and just kind of vegging behind that lawnmower. Oh, sure. Well, you know, I used to live about 30 miles outside of the city. My, my family bought a house out there when I was a kid, and I lived out there until I was probably, I don't know, very early 20s. Mm -hmm. and then after I lost my ass at 30, I went back there for a while. But I, I'd forgotten about the commute. And I've been spending a lot of time out you know, by my mother's house, trying to help her out with some things this summer. And that commute, man, that's think time. Oh, and yeah. I haven't had that in a long time. I'm listening to music 
more, uh, I guess, I'm more focused on the music I'm listening to. I'm, I'm in thought. I'm not particularly stressed out. I'm actually winding down. I'm working things out. It's good. The commute is good. I forgot all about it, but it's really good. I've been in the city for so long. It's like, you know, the store's a mile away. It's no big deal. I yeah. can walk to the gas station. I can walk to get a coffee. And that's all well and good, but you need that time. I do anyway. I, I miss the time just kind of doing that commute. At first, it was like, oh, God, I remember this. I hated it. And and then I think about two weeks ago, it was kind of like, now, wait a minute. This is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm just thinking about getting there, it sucks, but I'm thinking about other things. And it's nice. It's really kind of a, a me time, too, for lack of a better way to describe it, because you're not having, there's only really one thing you can do, drive, and then anything you do beyond right. that is is kind of that me time, whether it's talking to someone, which uh, on Thursdays, that's one of the things I like about the doing that newspaper route with, uh, for the local newspaper, is that if I just am kind of needing one of those days to just veg and just go through the motions and do the things and just let your mind wander and do other things, I can do that. Or if I you know want to talk to someone, what have you. But it's, right. it's that time where I'm not interrupted by emails and sometimes interrupted by phone calls, but not too often. It's just that time to, to let, let the mind wander and, and come up with ideas once in a while, sometimes to, to germinate an idea sure. and sometimes just to be absolutely stupid so that, uh, that, that, you know, later in the day I can, because I've got more things going on. It's going to take more mental capacity. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and and so yeah, that's what I've been doing, working on cars and things. And and not because I need to work on my car so it'll go somewhere. I'm working on project cars. So mm-hmm. I'm fun. Uh Silvio asks a question. He's asking about my recovery. It pops up once in a while. I saw that in the chat room. Yeah, I see that. And uh you know the thing with recovery is um I think that's kind of a vague term. Some people feel like recovery means that you actually have this. I call them the praise Jesus moments where all of a sudden it's like, hallelujah, my arm can work now or Mm -hmm. whatever. I believe that really for me, recovery is more about just kind of adapting to um, the new reality, the world, whatever. Mm -hmm. And what we're talking about is the stroke I had and then this is my arm and this is what I have, you know, but today, for example, talking about the car thing, um, I did some stuff under the hood of a car. I did some stuff that my mom was like, oh my God, I can't believe you can do this. And I'm looking at her like, how many mechanics do you see that have both hands under a car? Every time you're working on a car, it's a one-handed thing. You can barely get it in that space and you're kind of working within these really tight perimeters. It's so different. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, I mean, it, it, it's a state of mind. Recovery is just, for me, It's it's just not letting it hold me back. Sure. I feel pretty good though. You know, you're quite, I feel pretty good there. Am I doing better? Uh, do I, I, I feel like I always get stronger. I do have setbacks. I, I'd forgotten all about it until somebody brought it up to me, but, uh, right. I think either right before, right after my father passed in, in June, I twisted my ankle pretty bad and I was limping really bad at the funeral. But, there's no trace of it right now. It's healed. I guess it's stronger than it was because I don't have any problems with it. It's not causing me any pain or discomfort. I'm not being cautious with it. 
So you have little setbacks and, and you have good days and bad days, just like with everything else. Um, am I physically better than I was? No, not really. I mean, if I am, it's, it's so minute that, that, uh, you can't tell, but I'm always getting stronger and I'm always just trying to push forward no matter what. Mm -hmm. So how, as long as we're on this topic a little bit, some of the, you've had to change some things in your life, obviously, and there's things that you can't do. How mm -hmm. is that as you've, you've been, you know, a few years away from the stroke and such, but as you run into things today that, that you just can't do. And I, speaking from experience, there's, there's days that really kind of gets me down a, a lot. Well, I've been down too. It's been a rough summer. There's been a lot going on over here, but you know, the, the thing that I think I learned when I initially had the stroke, the direction I went was a direction most people don't go in. And that was the direction of not worrying too much about what I can't do. Mm -hmm. What I really needed to think about was what I actually can still do and what I'm capable of. Sure. So it puts a positive spin on it for one. Mm -hmm. and, and if there's something that you cannot do or can't do anything about, you can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. It just is what it is. But instead of worrying about that, Think about what you actually are capable of doing and do that. And, and sometimes it may seem that you're not capable of something. You may say, well, I can't do that because of this or that. But if you think about it and you reason it out, uh, it, it's problem solving. You know, necessity is the mother of invention. The microsystem happened because I couldn't do a maxi system anymore. Right. Everyone said you cannot DJ anymore without an assistant. There's no way. It's impossible. You're never going to do it. What did I do? I came up with a method that worked for me, and I inspired a lot of people to do a method that worked for them. Some people who were ready to go into retirement because they felt like they couldn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, wait, there's another way. Here it is. It's the mother of invention, man. I mean, instead of worrying about what you can't do, think about what you can do or think about the tool you need to accomplish what you want to do. And if you absolutely can't do it, fine, you can't. Or, or if it's, there are some things that are just a hassle. You know, uh, I don't feel like doing them. Like, and I'll give you an example. I don't do laundry. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't. Is it that I'm incapable of doing laundry? I could probably figure it out. Carrying things up and down the stairs, folding, all that stuff. I can operate a washer or dryer, but collecting the things, carrying them down the stairs, upstairs, folding them. I could do it if I wanted to. I guess if I really, really wanted to, I could figure it out, but I don't really want to. I mean, I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, there's some things that it's just like, okay, fine. I can't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm good with that. I can't write anymore, you know, I, I, but I can type. Mm -hmm. I never really cared for writing much anyway. If I go somewhere where I have to fill out a form, uh, I, I bring Blanca along to do it for me. Now, sure. could I write if I really wanted to? Of course. I can sign my initials. I can print things if I really concentrate. But I was right-handed and lost my right hand. So it's harder with left. But you work it out, just little things. But I don't really want to write. So who cares? So that's kind of going back to what I was talking about. I mean, Sometimes it's cool. I mean, just let go of things that you can't. Okay, I can't do that anymore. I guess that's over. Fine, it's up to somebody else. On the other hand, sometimes there's things you want to do, and you can't do them how you used to do them, but 
with the right tool and the right uh, state of mind and the right motivation, you can figure it out. And that's what I do. That whole concept of letting go. And I think that as a small business person, that's a tough thing as a male, it might be tougher. I, I guess that wouldn't be a struggle, you know, to, cause I'm not coming from a female perspective, but to be able to let some things go because there's things you can't do that now someone else is going to have to pick up. And that's, um, humbling a little bit. I, I, I don't have a really good way to describe it. I know it's, it's definitely a kick to the ego. And yeah, maybe when you get, when you step uh, back and let it happen or let others help and others to do some things, it's actually uh, a, a positive thing all the way around, but it's something that we don't want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, like I said, there's not a whole lot I can't do. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you really think about it, you know, here I am, I'm over seven years out and even a year out, there wasn't a whole lot that I just couldn't do. Um, there are a few things I can't. Uh, going back to the car, for example, my mother and father and I were building a 65 Mustang uh, convertible. And we pretty much had it wrapped up, except for a few odds and ends, about three weeks before my stroke. Now, when I say wrapped up, drivable, streetable, looks great from 10 feet, yeah, I need a couple little things, but... <clears throat> Those little things never happened because I think it kind of, you know, my, my whole family was kind of bummed out about the whole situation with, with what my condition. And then my sister was in a really bad accident shortly after that. And um, it was a really rough year for the family. So the last thing that my mom and dad wanted to think about was was working on this this car. Mm-hmm. Well, my dad's gone now. He died in June. And, and my mom and I were out there today working on that car. Just little things. My mom had polished up. If you know what a 65 Mustang looks like, the, the grill has this, what they call a pony in a corral. Yeah. It's cool looking like, you know, the Mustang horse. And then it's got some stuff shooting off of it. The 65 is unique like that. Well, she had taken it apart and cleaned it up and made it really nice, um, you know, before uh, my stroke happened. But my my dad was never motivated enough to put it on the car just because, and there are things on his mind, you know, mm-hmm. and then time passes and the damn thing gets buried in the garage because he was a hoarder or whatever. Yeah. And the thing sets. So we went out today and did, I'm like, skirt, let's put this thing on. It was driving Blanca nuts every time she looked at it. Why isn't that on there? <laughs> uh, now, the reason I bring this up and, and why this is relevant is because, unfortunately, I cannot drive this car because it's a four speed. Okay. Okay. So... What are our choices? Oh, no, I can't drive the car. It's over. Or they put an automatic in it and drive it. Gee, that solves my problem. There you go. Mm-hmm. Problem solved. Automatic in the car. Is it being done right now? No, but maybe it will. That's the, that, that's the solution to the problem. Not for me to get a bionic arm or any of that. It, it, it's, you know... That's it. It's an easy solution, relatively easy solution. Um, put an automatic in the damn thing, and I'll drive it all over the place. Mm-hmm. So there's always a workaround. Uh, and it may not seem easy sometimes, but it's possible. And, and possibilities are really what it's all about. You know, as long as it's possible, it can be done. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, just a little uh, philosophical moment here. Well, no, it's just how I have to do things. You no, know? It, it, Everything, it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, if I'm looking at, I don't get a lot of help, you know. Uh, most of my DJ pals are pretty busy people. They got family, they got lives. Um, my light flickering is bugging me. Yeah, my, it's pretty pretty prominent all of a sudden. Yeah, I got this light that's going out above me. I got to swap it out. Um, I have friends who just aren't available right now. So I'm on my own a lot. You know, Blanca helps. My daughter, she's busy with her own thing right now. Uh, so I'm kind of on my own with a lot of things. And when you're on your own with things, you, you got to work them out. So that's what I've been doing. I've been just working things out. You know, so, oh, this is hard. I don't want to do it. Or this is uh, something I really could use some help with. But seeing how I don't, let's see how I can work it out myself. And I do. I do just work it out. Uh, so. Just following the chat here, they're talking about tomatoes and salsa right now. Talking about something other than what I'm talking about because because yeah. I'm boring as heck. Yeah, we're about. just we're just uh, just just hanging and, and uh, chatting here a little bit. Um, getting on to uh, let's kind of hit a couple of DJ things. Um, DJ Expo, of course, is two weeks away. Tonight yeah. actually is the big the big uh, DJ and TV event that uh, that Howie and Jimmy have been working feverishly on. The Irish Pub. The yeah, Irish you know pub. I. I, I, I'm just letting them take care of it. I don't even know what's really happening. I saw a post I was tagged in today. It's happening, I think, Thursday night. Tuesday, Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday night. night. So it will be an interesting. Actually, we've got uh, we've got a little little spot. We're gonna we're gonna actually run. So for those of you who haven't seen it, we're gonna run a little uh, commercial Jimmy put together here. So we'll be back in about thirty seconds. So that'll be happening Tuesday night over at the Irish Pub, which is kind of down the street from where it used to be, either left or right, depending upon if we were at the Chopper at the um, at, at the old. Uh, they moved it. Chopper. It's not in the same place. Well, our event will be, but it's in the it's in the back of the Irish Pub, and then oh. Harris is in the bay. So we're not. It's not oceanfront. It's bay uh, down down um, on the other side of the. I don't know whatever the technical term peninsula bay. isthmus whatever, but it's on the bay, the inland side of that. So that's where everyone will be. And um, I'm not exactly sure transportation. I know that uh, last year, um, Peter Hubcap, dude, who's uh, in the chat room, Peter has a jitney, and he was using that to shuttle people back and forth. I'm not sure if... uh, if if uh, Peter's going to be doing that again this year for part of the night, or what the deal is with that, but there we'll, we'll have more information as we get closer. If you don't know what a jitney is, it's a short bus. It is, and I didn't, I I, I didn't have to do anything special to get on. They let me on the first time. It was pretty special. Yeah. The other short bus I was on, I had to do this test, and then I and then I that was just a scary thing. Stupid bug. Okay, sorry. There's a bug on my keyboard. Sylvia was also asking about uh, VDJ and uh, BPM editor. I haven't dove really into it that hard. Uh, I've taken a light summer, and I'm trying to switch that around, but I haven't been uh, really working a lot with, with that stuff lately. I've been focusing on other things. Um, 
So I, I don't have a lot of information for you yeah. on that. Unfortunately. Virtual so DJ, yeah, using using that quite a bit. And one of the biggest, when you're talking between virtual DJ and Serato, this is when you're talking BPM specifically, and then adding into that the key, that's probably the biggest gripe with people who like Serato and don't like virtual DJ is because virtual DJ's beat identification and the key identification isn't as accurate as Serato is. Uh, mixed in key is also very accurate in finding that there's like in 70 or 80 percent, maybe even up to 90 percent accuracy with those two, whereas virtual DJ can be down in the 20 and 30 percent accuracy rate when it comes to identifying. Wow. So there's a huge difference in that. And that's one of the uh, uh, pr- problems, issues, what have you, because you probably have experienced it yourself where you have a song and, and you put it up and it's not. You, it just isn't what it's saying, you know, the beat per minute and th- things are. It's not, it's better than nothing, but not as good as the other. So if you're really getting in, wanting to do, be more accurate with that, there's other, you know, probably looking at mixed in key to get that information, information to that. Uh, any rumors of anything that will be de- debuted at DJ Expo? I, there's a couple of things that will be there. Nothing that's super exciting. I'm hearing, Nam's where we're going to see some new things. I'll just put it out there. You're, there's, there's already we're, we're already getting some of the manufacturers who are lining up some big gear to come out for Nam 2019. The Expo won't be. I, I, I don't think we're going to see anything that's going to be like, oh my gosh, because Pioneer just introduced their couple of new boards, you know, two months ago. So there's really nothing new from Pioneer coming out. Um, Denon might be a, a, a slight possibility because Denon and Newmark have always like to do something if they haven't done anything and they really haven't come out with the last new board Denon came out with was the 7000 I think and the 7000 was two years ago already yeah 7000 was two years ago so Denon is probably of those of the controller companies is the closest to being ready to do something again but I think they're still pushing that the prime system and that's really going to be kind of a featured item and then they, you know, had a press release a couple of days ago about the Newmark, the Newmark Party Mix now working with Serato or something like that. Hmm. So I don't, I don't see too much in that realm. Um, the there might be some demos of Virtual DJ uh, f- utilizing some of the technology in the booth there from Denon running some light show because of Denon going and getting uh, being involved with that, but. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to see what it's going to be like this year. I'm curious about the new venue and, you know, what's going to happen. I, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what's going on here at Expo. Yeah, it, it'll be a, a good time. As Jimmy or somebody mentioned in the chat room, it's going to be the cash and carry as it typically is. I expect actually there to, the, as far as pricing and such, because we haven't seen anything new coming up for a while, I think we're going to see some really competitive pricing in there because they're going to they need to clear out and there's been a problem with some of the manufacturers where they were coming out with things too fast and they weren't clearing out the old stuff before the new stuff was available and we've we've seen that numerous times and all of a sudden they've got you know dealers are sitting on you know tens of thousands of dollars of of lights in the back and here comes the next generation of that light and that's happened to a, to a few of our dealer friends and they're like what how, how are we supposed to deal with this so, well, let's talk about what you can get out of an event like DJ Expo. Um, I never went to these things personally to see new equipment. Hmm. When 
you've been in this business as long as I have, there are certain things that are just groundbreaking. They happen and it's like, oh my gosh, this changes everything. Just off the top of my head, computers, MP3s, LED lighting. Those were things that just blew my mind. Powered speakers. Even before that, lightweight amplifiers. But really, that stuff is so few and far between. I mean, what do we do? We play music for people. And yeah, some people are into the production. They're doing the big production stuff. And that's cool. But the, the bare bones basic as is, is to what we do is we play pre-recorded music for other people, uh, from other people to our audiences. And, and what's groundbreaking going on uh, there, I, I, I don't know. But it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Because for me, it's about connecting with other DJs. It's about sharing ideas. And it's not usually about doing this in an organized fashion. Because what a lot of people will do is they'll get the idea in their head that they want to go to these expos to learn. And, and to do this, they feel like they have to attend all of these seminars and cram this stuff. And then usually after they go to all these seminars, they're criticizing some for being better than others and all that. And in the meantime, these people have been missing all of the great shop talk that's been going on in the hallways, mm -hmm. in the casinos, and at the Irish pub. The little cool nuggets and conversations they could have had with other people. That's the gold for me at these conventions. We, we've got all of these people, you know, whether it's 100 people or whether it's 10,000 people together in one place, and people are usually off guard. And, and they will share information with us that they may not normally share. It's been my, uh, I, I guess, observation. Somebody from the West Coast isn't going to be as guarded as they might be at their local ADJA chapter. They're going to tell you things. They're going to tell you what they do and how they do it. It's interesting. Oh, and and sure. the East Coast is so cool like that. I mean, there's some big things happening over there. Mm-hmm. I think they do a fantastic job. You've got your, your crowds that do the big production bar mitzvahs, for example. And the stories they tell and, and, and the types of, of, of productions they're doing and the clientele that they have and what they've been able to achieve is inspiring. It's so cool to hear these stories and to take little nuggets from them and take little things from them that... So, so my challenge to anybody out there who's going to be attending Expo is find one thing that you learn at Expo. It doesn't have to be in a seminar, but it can be. It could also be from another DJ just talking to him that you can apply to what you do to help better your services or your income or just your general happiness in your job. Find that one thing and take it home with you. Put it in your pocket and make it yours. That's what I try to do. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, when I go to these shows, a lot of the times I'm just taking pictures of people. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. I, I don't get a chance to be anonymous too often where I can just talk to a guy. But, um, but no, those of you who are just showing up, man, just talk to everybody, you know, find out what they're doing and um, help others. You made, you made the, the idea of talking and such. And because we know more people and we're knowing more people on a personal level, I find that I will go and talk for two or three hours with a group of people, you know, here or there, what have you. 
And it's like, you know, back in the day, I would have talked shop at some point in time. But now we know we know each other and we know families and we know different. And so now it's like, hey, you know how, we're, we're the, you know, like tonight's show, we haven't talked much shop whatsoever in this, this conversation in the first half hour because it's it's more you can talk more on a personal level. I can go talk to to Big Daddy and, and talk about his grandbabies and his uh, his his kids and where everyone's at and how everything's going. And we can talk about that for 15, 20 minutes. Nothing DJ related. Whereas back in the when right. I was first going to these things. And you'd be like starting and talking and then you'd find out that, oh, you do bar mitzvahs and wow, that's really cool. And yeah. And, and how do I've, I've never understood how does the, how do bar mitzvahs work? And then he starts talking. Do and you scratch? Going, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You would, you would, you try to build a conversation around that. And it's, it's cool on one hand because you enjoy the conversation, the camaraderie and the friendships. On the flip side is that when I, I leave and, and such, and I've had a, a spiritual fulfilling day is the best way to describe it. But it's like. I can't say I have a really good thing to stick in my, you know, stick in the 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 uh, bank to make it financially profitable to go to the show beyond the well, friendship. Work on it. That's that's your fault, and it really is your <laughs> fault. And, and you need to work on that. I mean, if I can go to a show and I can pull something from a show that I can use, then you can too. Oh, I'm I, sure. Oh, yeah. We just don't need to. Uh, I mean. You need to 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 say hello. You need to say how's the family. You need to know about the grandkids. You need to know about whatever the health scare was, or offer condolences or whatever. But but that's your opener, and that's what what it is. And from there, you go into your thing, and 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 then you can do a closer as well. But right there in the middle, there needs, there should be something. What are you up to? How are things going for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's working for you? What if, you know? People will just offer things. Oh yeah, they will just offer. And 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 I tell you, man, you know, I do videos, as you know, and I talk to people. I try to help people with technical things or, or just just kind of dilemmas they may have. And and I, I try to offer the best advice I can. But the truth is, nothing beats FaceTime. Nothing. Yep. You can be on social media twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. And you're still going to pull something uh, on a more personal level from someone face to face, sitting down, having a meal or in the hallway or whatever, the, or having a drink together than you are all day on Facebook. It's just, it's just how it is. So that's your fault, John. Shame on you. <laughs> Get out there and talk to people. Well, I do talk to people. That's, that, that's the point I'm making is I'm talking to people and I'm you know, chatting and finding out. But you're out- too close to it. You're yeah. too close to it, yes. you know. That that this goes back to looping back to what we we're talking about. It's top of the hour, if you will. Sometimes you can get too close to it, and and if you're too close to it, you you lose it. You lose the focus. So so how's the family and all that? That's a nice opener. But then step back for a minute and remember while you're there. I love talking to people that I don't know. Mm-hmm. I say hello to the people that I know, but nothing turns me on more than just getting to know a brand new person. Oh, sure. Um, you know, just th- this is new. If, if I go to these shows and I spend all of my time with people that I already know well, uh, that's that's fine. That's cool. But that's kind of a vacation uh, to, to, to reach out to others, to new people, I, I think is is really key sometimes with this. Maro's tamale party is a perfect example. 
yeah, you see a lot of people you know there, but there's somebody there you don't know. Mm-hmm. You talk to that guy or you talk to that girl and, and, and they're going to tell you things. They're, they're, they're going to tell you stuff and they're going to ask you things, different things than how we or I am going to ask you because we know each other. Mm-hmm. Of course, oh, yeah. we're going to talk about personal things because we're friends, but it's cool to talk to those people that you don't know. Yeah. So reach out, man. I don't know. Some fortune cookie philosophy for you there. Fortune cookie philosophy. Needed a t-shirt with that on there. You're too close to it. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you Step get, out of that comfort zone and say hi. Yeah, Reggie, if you got a question or anything you want to throw out, just uh, toss them in there. Uh, somebody was asking about um, cable management. So going back 20, 20 years ago, it was basically where people before scrims, what was life like before scrims? <laughs> um. You know, look, looking back at what what uh, DJs in our area did in that time frame, which would be in central Minnesota, I I remember it was very common that you would have cords everywhere because lights light shows were sometimes switches and and park you know a park can that was run by a a, a wall type switch configuration and cords were everywhere, and it just that was just the norm. It was the accepted strategy we'll call it for lack of a better way to describe it you know cable management you know if they were kind of somewhat straight and they weren't a coiled mess of of wires if they were straight and you're going to their spots you were happy yeah with well have you seen a band i mean howie mentioned yeah we look like bands yeah but bands still most usually look like that because you've got five different guys combining five uh, different setups together to create music it's the cable management uh, a, a, a high-end concert might do a better job with it, but but your typical band playing at the state fair or at the local bar is is like typically going to have this neat, clean setup. For some reason, DJs have it in their heads that neat and clean cables equal success. Mm-hmm. I don't know where this came from, but that's what they think. And yeah, you want to make an effort. I think some people think too far yeah it, Jimmy. It, it becomes it, it becomes this obsessive thing that is distracting i believe from from what we're supposed to be doing Jimmy. which is being creative people and and just just incorporating whatever we can uh to to make uh, the experience better for our audience Opposed to, oh, isn't this neat and clean? Well, if you suck, you suck. It doesn't matter how neat and clean it is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's always it's always interesting. Of course, no, it's okay. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, it's it's always interesting when you are putting pictures up or people are seeing some of the uh, the pictures. And you know, Jimmy's on a few. I've sent him a picture and such, and he's uh, talked about oh, the cord management. It's like, dude, when the lights are out. No one, no one sees. I'm not behind the head table. Obviously, when I'm behind the head table, it's a different world. But you're seeing it from my perspective, and there's going to be cables and different things. It, yeah, Photoshop out my wires. It, it, I've it, seen it look ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I've seen people just, you know, they, they've got a, a T-bar set up, and their cables are hanging straight down. And Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, yeah, there was no effort put into this at all. You know, but but really, I don't know. And, and and some people highly disagree with me on this, but I really feel that as long as you put some effort towards making things look decent, you're okay. If you are the kind of person who looks at a setup and picks out every little 
time you can see a wire exposed, you are not the audience. You are, again, too close to it. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's yes. a really good, really good way to say it. You're too close to the problem, Jimmy, that you just can't yeah. focus on the audience there, what they're from their perspective, they don't care. Like the audience really doesn't care if you've got speakers that are 17 foot tall and, and quad 18 subs and such and da, 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 da. They just want to have a, a decent sound on a dance floor that they can have fun to or have fun with. They expected to see cables. They know it's not magic. They know you have to have power. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> yeah, some effort needs to be put in. Because it, it really looks pro when you know how to, you know, kind of, you know, manage cables. Uh, but you still see the cables are just managed somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I, invisible cables is, is this really weird, obsessive thing that some people do. And, you know, no more power to you. But I don't, I don't yeah. It's it's they understand that we need electricity to do what we do. So it's magically delicious. That's sesame though. I mean, what do I know? Mm -hmm. that, that's how I and I put effort into it. Mm -hmm. I don't go crazy with it. I'm not sitting up at night going, Oh my god, how can I hide this cable better? I'm not doing that. Because it's fine. Mm-hmm. Those little those little elastic uh, little bungees at the the ball bungees. I am good to go. You know that reminds me. Yeah, Th those are those are cool. That was a an idea Mike Sanchez uh, introduced to me. Yeah. I've got the four inchers. I think I should get the six inchers. Mm. I think that would be a better fit. Uh, just simply because the four inchers for me, one handed, are really tight. Oh, I yeah. think I'm going to invest in some six inch uh, bungee balls. I think it'd make my life a lot easier. I, I don't see. need to have things wrapped that tightly. I mean, I'll try to you know connect the four inch bungee balls even around the pro event table with you know a couple of wire or a couple of cables and and i slip and the damn thing smacks back at me and hits the top of my hand and it's painful oh yeah it's just sure. i got too much tension on it trying to attach it so i think i think i'm going to invest in in uh, some six inches i think that'll be a better fit yeah i really really like those i use those little kids if they get too close to the sound system you just kind of hold that ball Bing. between two fingers and you just Bing in it. That's a, that's yeah. a lethal weapon. Flicking uh, bungee balls at everybody. Uh, thing will go. Oh, let's see. Um, yeah, I'm getting, somebody again mentioned on um, about about gear coming out. I, I, this has probably been the quietest DJ Expo gear-wise. I mean, we're two weeks out, and typically they're starting to leak information, and I just have not seen anything, anything coming out this year. And I'm, I, I, I wonder. If, if part of that is because of uh, some manufacturers questioning how you know, the direction of trade shows and the, the turnout, and is this a good spot to do it, yada, yada, yada. I mean, you're, you hear so many things on the backside from the, the manufacturers in the industry that there's a lot of, they, they just grumble about trade shows in general because DJs aren't showing they, up. They always have. And they always have, they yeah. Always but have. there's there's just so much grumbling that always is going on, and you wonder when you know that grumbling is is that okay now this year just because they always grumble that they've all decided or many of them decided that this isn't a great time to release something and they want to release something later you know it's it or or is it something that the uh, containers didn't make it across and <laughs> they're just going to release it later uh yeah a little tummy you get to, i uh, i don't i don't so. know but you know what if you think about it i mean what is it that we're all waiting for we kind of touched on that last week about you know 
what's going on with, with the market for DJs. There are so many products out there that are great for us. There are a lot of products out there that nobody's made yet, or they stopped making and we don't know why. Mm -hmm. So what would excite you? What would excite me? If, let's go there. What would you like to see at DJ Expo? What do you wish that somebody was showing at DJ Expo? What would be the ideal piece of equipment where you would look at it and go, oh, finally, here it is. I'm going to invest the money in this. So, you know, and you know damn well, whatever it is, you're not going to see it again. You're not going to see it until fall anyway. It's going to be a prototype. Yeah, yeah. The The idea of that Stealth Pro system that Alta was supposed to be coming out with because they had the Stealth, I think that was their wireless system that had a transmitter and the, the Pro was supposed to be able to go up to 300 feet broadcast oh, wow. and it was supposed to be able to handle multiple, um, one receive, one transmitter would go to multiple receivers and you could have you know, eight speakers like around a baseball field and mm. it would all be in sync. A wireless, a What's really up? good wireless audio system like that. Sennheiser has a nice system that can do quite a bit. It's just that in order to get the packs and get the transmitter and then to get the antennas so that you can have that coverage of the area, you've got a lot of money stuck into it. You've got, you know... And at that point, you must have own cables. To a point. Then There's you know, a lot for of sure. Yeah, yeah, and it gets to be. It's like I don't want to spend five thousand dollars on something I use twice a year. It's just I was, I was talking to somebody about you know my dilemma with with the the um, um, Airstream DMX bridge. I really like it, but I got this issue because I'm still running a lot of cabling with it because my moving heads are not Wi-Fi equipped. Sure. And somebody said, "Hey, well, why not just add?" Wi-Fi transceivers to your moving heads. And I'm thinking to myself, it's more wires than it would be just to run the cables because I got to run an AC wire. I got to run the dongle and I got to run a short DMX cable from the dongle to the fixture itself. Yeah. So I'm running more equipment, not less if I get dongles. And it's a very short run, so I might as well just run the cables. So I don't know. Sometimes I think that it's cool that we work within the perimeters of the box mm -hmm. when we're trying to solve problems. Um, okay, well, we need to be able to, uh, you know, transfer a signal wirelessly to this light, so we'll use this, this, and this. And, and when you do that, unfortunately, what happens is, uh, like I said, sometimes it's more set up than it's worth, you know. Sometimes it's not. If you're doing long runs, it's not. But short runs, it's more set up. It's worth. Mm -hmm. Outside of the box, it'd be an interesting place to look for this, because what you what you really want to figure out instead of how do I transmit this signal wirelessly from here to here, is what do DJs want when it comes to lighting and what would make their life easier. That would be an outside of the box thought, mm -hmm. opposed to just trying to work within the perimeters of the box, as to what the wireless protocol is. Maybe something completely different would be the answer. Yeah. Maybe this is going to work. Um, how he said it in the room, uh, the thing that he'd like to see at Expo is something that is not science fiction, or it shouldn't be anyway, yeah. which is a controller with good mic inputs, mm -hmm. like two of them. Yeah, that's... That, that would be an amazing thing to see at Expo. And it, it, it's stupid because the tech is there, Yes, but no one's made it. And, and if they have and I've missed it, forgive me, tell me who they are. You can write me a nasty letter or whatever you want to do, but I haven't seen it. And that's across the board. And not for a long time. I mean, I saw it 
I saw it pre-built-in sound card era. I saw it one time that I can recall with built-in sound cards, ASIO sound cards, and that was the um, Pioneer DGM 5000. Okay. I don't know if I talked about it or not last week, but no, I don't think it was so. a 19. No, okay. Well, here's the deal with that. It had really good mic inputs, and it had uh, high, mid, and low EQs on each mic input. And it also had effects. Now, the effects had a bit of a delay on them, but they were there. But they were good mic inputs, two of them. <clears throat> I remember having the conversation with Pioneer in 2008. You know, like, well, what do DJs want? I said, they want good mic inputs. And they want two of them. And, and you need that MIDI cue on the microphone. Why? Well, because vocals in the MIDI cue range. And we're talking on a microphone, so it only makes sense that we have control over that for feedback or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they built it, and they built a nice one. But they built a 19-inch rack-mountable mixer. Now, right at the same time that everybody else was going for a 12-inch club mixer or a 10-inch mixer, they were going smaller. They were getting out of the racks. So instead of Pioneer saying to themselves, wow, maybe we ought to make this in a 12-inch mixer, they said, eh, DJs don't want this, and they just stopped doing it, which isn't at all what happened. They, they got the wrong message. And I haven't seen it since. Mm-hmm. And people are buying all these, you know, microphone amplifiers and preamps and mixers to run into their systems to compensate for this lack of technology that is incorporated into the tools that we use. But like we talked about last week, this has always kind of been a business of being ingenuitive where we have to kind of be our own techs and we have to figure out solutions ourselves. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, the stuff is just not prepackaged. Yeah, very much so. You got to go to the hardware store once in a while. Just do. And that's, that can be kind of fun. Uh, yeah. Well, if you're inclined, some people aren't, and those are the people who get frustrated. Yeah. They want to buy turnkey out of the box. And if they can't do that, they get discouraged. Um, but you know, those are the kind of tools that we needed to have as DJs 30 years ago. You know it, John. I mean, we couldn't just go buy a DJ in a box and go for it. Mm -hmm. It's not how it worked. You had to build something. Yeah. Somebody else had built something. You could copy that, but it was more interesting to build something that, that was an improvement that you saw as an improvement. You did it. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, let's hit Reggie's. Uh, Reggie had a question about subcontracting yourself out with another DJ service. What would what should okay. I, a person look for when doing that? As a subcontractor, or yeah. as someone who, as he would be subcontracting himself to for a a different company, is the way I yeah. would take it. Well, I don't know. I can only John. You might do better on this than I will, but I mean. For me, I'm happy. I would, well, I'm not, I don't do it, but I would be happy to take events that I couldn't do and know that I had somebody who can handle them as a subcontractor. Mm-hmm. But I, I think for me, the scary part would be will this person handle the event with my name on it with some, you know, without it making me look bad. Yeah. So with that in mind, 
I mean, there are people that I know that if I had booked a date twice under my own name, that I would not be, I would not hesitate once to send them out because I just trust them. Sure. And they'll handle it. Um, so I think the answer to the question for me anyway would be to be trustworthy, to to have a reputation where you're going to show up, where you're not going to make anybody look bad. You're not going to tarnish anyone else's reputation. You're going to take care of business. Best advice I can give on it if you're looking for sub work. Be trustworthy. Because nobody wants the sub that is iffy. Will they show up? Will they show up drunk? Mm -hmm. you know, oh, what are sure. they going to do to piss off the client? Now to switch it around from the other side as far as if I'm going to go work and I have, I probably have worked for worked under six, five, six different banners uh, over the years, filling in for people here and there. Um, just because of being me being more experienced than such, I can, they felt comfortable and trusted me in that right. role. Right. My thing is that I've also turned down probably a dozen more that have asked over the years, Hey, can you go and fill in for us? And it wasn't a money issue whatsoever. It was um, generally a reputation from my perspective is that I did not want to go and, and work under their shingle because of knowing some of their business practices and, and different things with that. In a couple of sure. those cases, it was like, yeah, you know, if you want, if you want to send them my way, I'll, I'll honor their contract, but they need to know that it's me doing it and my company doing it as opposed to me being running under your shingle and me now being John Young from, uh, you know, Joe's, Joe's greatest DJs. And there right. are times where I've done it under, and I've been, hey, this is John from Joe's Greatest DJs, and I'll be playing for you tonight, and doing things kind of the way they are. Because of experience, I can go through and say, basically, okay, so what are some of the common announcements and things you like to, you make sure you do as your company that's kind of your thing? And they're like, oh, we like to make sure we do this, and we set this, up, and we do the garter, we always do it this way. I mean, that's how a lot of DJs 10 years ago, between 10 and 15 years ago, did it is they had their, their methodology. They were going to, with the garter, they were always going to do it this way. With the dollar dance, they were going to announce it this way. So it was pretty easy for me as someone who's done a lot of different things to go and say, oh yeah, I can I can go be this company's DJ for tonight and I'll be pretty close to their best DJ just because of experience and things. But it's that that kind of that relationship and trusting their their presence and their reputation because you just don't want to go and get involved with somebody. And you hear horror stories from DJs who's like, who've gone, you know, I've worked for, for this person and I did three gigs for them and then they haven't paid me. They're going to pay me next month or two months down yeah. the road. And that kind of stuff just, it, it can ruin right. friendships for one thing. If you're working for a friend and if you're uh, working for someone who's a little sketchy or, or perceived as perceived poorly by the venue and you're all of a sudden they see you there, and then the next time, you know, in a month, I'm booked there myself, and they see, me and they're like, "Oh, this is the guy that was here with, the, the, you know, Fred's company, and Fred's company's crap. So this must be a crappy Fred, and they won't give you the time to get it to a point. So there's there's a lot of there's a little bit of upside. It's going to give you a few dollars in your pocket if you're working for somebody, and it gets you out and gives you some experience. But in some ways, there's a lot of downside. That's probably the best way to say it. I've been lucky here. I mean, I took the light summer uh, for personal reasons, and uh, things have changed, and now I could use the money. Yeah. So I put the word out last week that I needed to fill some dates, mm -hmm. and my local guys filled some dates. Nice. It's pretty simple. I mean, 
Nice. And that's what's so cool. I mean, once you have that reputation where you can handle some things, they happen. And and a lot most of it wasn't a sub. Most of it was just, hey, call this person. They need you. Mm-hmm. It was just a referral. And you know, referrals meaningful too. If if in business you can have someone that you feel comfortable referring someone else to that's golden oh my gosh uh it, it's it's priceless mm-hmm. because it makes you look like the go-to person you know so well i called him he couldn't do it but he gave me this wonderful person to work with exactly I work with them instead some people are always looking for the money the money the money the money and that's fine if that's what you do but mm-hmm. i'm just telling you a solid referral is is oh man it's it's everything if i've got you know if i have a client who calls me and says you know we're doing a kissinetta you know and, and whether it's a matter of availability or a matter of, matter of capability i know that i can refer artibera oh for sure with 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 no hesitation look i can't do this for you for whatever reason but you need to call Artivera. He is the best guy. He's going to take care of you. He's he, he does you know, the best work around here. Uh, he's your guy. And not only are they already just asking Art what the date is and where to send the check uh, when they call, because I already sold it basically. You know, that's that's worth a lot. So now Art has a gig. Now next time some, Art gets a call where, where somebody wants, you know, English speaking stuff. <laughs> you know, he knows. Oh, you know what? You need to just call B. He'll mm-hmm. take care of you. Yeah. One one hand washes the other. It's really nice to have people that you know, um, who who you know you can refer work to and, and not look like a schmuck. So, yeah, we all do this. It's different, but just just a just a thought. Good, good. Let's see. And Jimmy is busy, busy constructing tonight. Getting his gear all ready for two weeks from tonight. Yeah, it's the last day of the month, man. And let me tell you something: it's it's been a rough couple months. I'm really looking forward to August just being a great month. Mm-hmm. Stuff and new stuff happening, new ideas. Uh, but some of this stuff I've been dealing with kind of behind me, and uh, and enjoy the last month of summer that I've got. Yeah. Yeah, and it goes going to enjoy it. It's going going to go incredibly incredibly quick. Yeah, that whole okay. that whole week of of DJ Expo, it's like Michael and I will leave Minnesota on a Sunday. Fly to fly to uh, and get to Atlantic City. We're there for a couple of days, then Craftsman Tool flies us to Baltimore for their oh, wow. their um they're doing their their tool release now that they are no longer with Sears because of Sears' situation. Craftsman is rebranding themselves. And uh, and we were invited as one of the uh, the media to come in, so they're flying us in nice. there and going to take care of us for a couple of days. And so it's going to be like six days that he and I are gone from Sunday yeah. to Friday, and then by the, you get back, and then it's like almost time to get ready. The kids ready for school again. It's like oh, yeah, I got a lot of back to back work too, but that doesn't mean that I can't enjoy a little bit. Yeah, I got a, I got part of a week that's kind of shot by expo, but it's still going to be good stuff. It's, yeah. There's a beach there. 
it's, I don't have to wear a coat. That's all good yeah, news. Yeah, and it's it's a good it's a good good chance to catch up with with some friends and such. That's for sure. Now uh, they're selling at lows. Yeah, that's going to be a big conversation now uh, that uh, they were going to have because they're they're wanting to get into different hardware stores. But that's that'll be a, a, a video for another time. We'll talk about talk about that so well gang we're going to wrap things up here we are just about to the top of the hour uh, we thank you guys for being with us and hanging out tonight uh, we'll be let's see next week hopefully by that time we're going to have some information to talk about specifically about some of the gear related and we'll talk a little bit about that next week and 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 somebody had asked uh, they wanted us to to dig into some music things so i think we're going to try to make part of the show next week uh talking about talking about some musical things here um yeah, that one will be an easy one because uh, the whole the whole '90s thing. You keep hearing people talking about '90s are hot, '90s are hot, '90s are hot, and we know how much Brian loved those those late '90s and the early 2000 those those grunge bands. So we're going to focus on the next week. I don't think those are the ones that are hot, are they? I, I don't. I don't. Know. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I mean, I was I was thinking of a, a song that that I, I really like. And I'd kind of forgotten about it, and I don't even know why I thought of it. But there's an H and H mix of filters take a picture mm-hmm. that is so good, and and uh, I had to play it. I had to play it recently. It was just so good, and and they're they're a rock band, but they did yeah. have that mix that I thought was real solid and a really nice song. Um, so I don't hate it all. Most of it I don't. An H and H mix. I'll have to look, look for that once we get off get off here with the show, so that way I can actually play it. Listen to it. So thank you guys for being with us. We will catch you uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Dave and Jeremy are going to be going live tomorrow evening. They're going to uh, the, they were at the lake for a week, and they'll be back tomorrow night and doing their show. And then Thursday, uh, Casey and Brian are back talking about um, online reviews. And and when you get a poor review, what can you do about it? So that's our our schedule for the weekend. We will catch you next time. Good night, everyone. Uh-huh.